Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope you are having a fantastic day so far. Did you know, did you know that approximately January 17th is when most people falter on their New Year's resolutions or their new behaviors that they were going to commit to at the beginning of the year or they give up completely? Did you know that? It's when the gyms go from super slammed to not so super slammed. So here we are on the 24th, if you're listening to this the day it comes out. And I want you to just look at what you intended to do, to change, to achieve at the start of the year and give yourself a little assessment. I think this is a fantastic habit to get into. I try to do it with myself about once a month. What are my goals and how have I been doing? Should I be doing more? Do I need to change something? Do I need to let go of something? Just assess that. And I find that it's a lot more powerful to do this in writing than to do it in your head. And I always give this example, but it's so true. When you're trying to solve a math problem and you feel stumped, the first thing most of us do is grab a piece of paper, and a writing utensil because there's something that happens to recruit more of your brain when you're writing it down. So this doesn't have to take a long time. You can do this in two to five minutes. What are some of the things that I really wanted to do? How am I doing? Like for me, one of my goals in this year has to do with finishing the manuscript for book three. How has it been going? Am I spending as much time in a given day or in a given week as I want to, as I feel I should to reach my goal, that I need to? How's my effort? Do I need to buckle down? Do I need to get some things off my plate so that I have more time? One of my other goals I've shared with you guys is losing weight that I've gained in my two pregnancies. How's that going? Do I need to be more consistent? Do I need to tighten things up a little bit? How have my workouts been? Am I being consistent? What needs to change? And then identify what you're going to do with it today. And you don't have to do everything today, but you need to do something today. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I really believe that this can be the place that we return to, this podcast, to make sure that we're not drifting and disengaging. We're not going to be perfect. That's not the goal. We're going to talk about that today, that I think even the the 
thought that you could be perfect, that you should be perfect, is actually a huge barrier. But let's just keep coming back, knowing that maybe every week doesn't go quite how we thought it would or hoped it would, but we're just going to keep reengaging. Honestly, that's 90% of achievement, is continuing to pay attention, continuing to check in. We're going to talk about that today. More specifically, we're going to talk about mental mistakes that kill your progress because I don't want you to make those mental mistakes and I don't want me to make those mental mistakes. And I certainly have made all of these at one time or another, more times than one. Mistakes that kill your progress. And as I'm talking about them, I want to remind you to not just be something that you passively, passively listen to. I want you to really consider what am I going to do with this today? How am I going to put this into action? How am I going to use this to either stop making this mental mistake or to steer myself further away from that mental mistake than I currently am, okay? Mental mistakes that can kill your progress because we're not going to be like a lot of people who let their goals just dwindle away, starting strong and fizzling out. It's not going to happen. We are going to be here holding each other accountable every single week, every single week. All right, the first one, big mental mistake that can kill your progress is drama. 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 I've said this before. I love Cy Wakeman's definition of drama. It's what we add to the facts. Fact, I didn't do my workout. Everything that I add to that, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I'm drifting. I screwed up. I can never stay consistent. All of that is drama. Drama is what we add to the facts. We're going to talk about expectations, but a lot of times drama just comes because we don't have realistic expectations for ourselves. But before we get to that, let's stay on drama for a minute. It makes it so much harder. Drama makes it so much harder. And a lot of times drama comes into play because we're not acknowledging the big picture. And we've talked before about how when it comes to action and it comes to consistency, we really want to focus on the small picture more than the big picture. We don't want to focus on, I want to lose 100 pounds or I want to write a book. We want to focus on what we're going to eat today or what time we're going to sit down to write today. But when it comes to drama, we need to acknowledge the big picture. We absolutely need to acknowledge the big picture because drama comes in when we get hyper-focused on one day or one choice or one thought or one problem and we lose the big picture. We don't acknowledge the context. For example, drama comes into play when we expect that we're going to follow a plan perfectly even though we have no desire to be perfect in life, no intention. I'll give you an example. When I commit to losing weight this time around, I have learned from my past experiences to be realistic in that, let's say that I'm going to follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, right? Episode 195, if you don't know what those are. I have no expectation that I'm going to do that perfectly every single day. All right? I have no expectation of that. Now, I have an expectation that it's going to be kind of an 80-20 or 90-10 thing. 80% of the time or 90% of the time I'm going to do that. But 10 or 20% of the time, I'm not. And so when I make a decision 
that goes against those golden rules we talk about in 195, I'm not freaking out about it because I never expected that I would be perfect. And drama comes into play because people will say like, oh, I was doing so well and I totally screwed up. My husband brought home ice cream and I devoured it. Did you have the expectation that you were never going to have ice cream again? Well, no, of course not. Then, then why are you mad and you're creating something out of nothing? The ice cream is behind you. Why are we not focused on your next best choice? Why are we not focused on what you need to do next to get on the path you want to be on? Because drama. Because we are not acknowledging the big picture. Set realistic expectations. Without that, there's going to be a lot of drama. When it comes to avoiding drama through setting realistic expectations with my book, I really wanted, for example, to have the draft done by December 2021, by the end of December 2021. Well, it didn't happen. But I had realistic expectations. I've not written a book with a baby. So my expectation was this could take a lot longer. When I didn't hit that goal of having the the first draft written or even close to it by the end of 2021, there's no drama because I was like, you know, I I acknowledged that I haven't done this being a full-time mom. I have a fraction of the amount of time to write as I did when I wrote my first book and my second book. So, so it's okay. It just means that I've learned. Now I have a different approach. I have a different plan. And even then, I've not tried this new approach, this new plan. So who knows? It's new and that's okay. And the other piece of realistic, realistic expectations is I set this tempo. I set this pace. I'm the one who first wanted to get the first draft done by the end of the year and then second wants it out by my 40th birthday. But I set that. That's not for anybody but me. I can change that. And in the scheme of the world, it really doesn't matter if my book comes out a month before my 40th birthday or a year after my 40th birthday. In the scheme of life, it is really not important. A few months ago, maybe two months ago, I did a podcast and I was talking about how one of my tools is what matters most in it, my acting like it. And I can use this to avoid drama constantly. So if I'm upset with myself because I didn't get that draft done when I thought I would, what matters most and am I acting like it? Well, what matters most is my health and my family and their health. Am I acting like it when I'm all bent out of shape because I didn't get a draft done? No. Same thing. When uh, the other day I had made cookies for Chris to bring to work for his coworkers because they had sent us some stuff. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to send some stuff back. And I had one of the cookies at like 8 in the morning. Just mindless. Like it wasn't much of a conscious decision. I mean, I was conscious of it. But if I were to get all upset about that, like seriously, I don't do sugar in the morning. What, what, what am I, what, what in the world start the day like that? But what matters most? And am I acting like it? Well, what matters most is my health. So focusing on something behind me, I can't fix it. I can't uneat the cookie. So what's my next best choice? Drama is a huge mental mistake. One of the other tools that I use to shift out of drama 
is, am I focused on the problem or the solution? If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about this ad nauseum, and it's a huge part of my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, but you can only make progress in one of those two scenarios, and it's focusing on the solution. When you catch yourself in your feelings about the problem, just develop a practice of shifting to the solution. We all have moments where we're down on ourselves because of something we did or didn't do, but you get to shift to what you can do about the solution, and the rest of it is drama. It's drama. Set realistic expectations. That's a huge place to start. I know for sure that I'm going to eat things that in hindsight I wish I hadn't had. I know for sure that in the course of my life, I'm going to eat more than my body needs at times. I know in the course of my life, I'm going to skip workouts or half-ass them. I'm going to fail to complete my to-do list. It's really not a big deal. It only becomes a big deal when you get all in your feelings about it instead of just moving on to the next thing. No drama. No drama. No drama. This is another way of thinking about emotional maturity and practicing being mature in response to choices you make or progress. The other day I was telling Chris I had um, done a particular workout that used to be a real strength for me. I'm, I'm a very, very strong individual and um, especially when it's like lower body stuff, very strong. And so I went and I was kind of trying to test my strength after not doing so for a while, just having been working out kind of normally. And I came home and I was like, dude, I have lost so much strength. And it's pretty obvious why. I mean, two pregnancies, two C-sections, not working out super consistently or certainly at the intensity that I had been um, during those pregnancies and my C-section recoveries and all of that. Obvious. And in that moment, I get to practice being emotionally mature. Because initially, my reaction was not mature. It was literally like, oh my gosh, this is so disappointing. And then recognizing that drama, not that it's bad, not that it's wrong. I'm not here to tell you those things are wrong, but they very well might not be helpful. And they very well might derail your progress or kill your momentum if you let them. So I said to myself as I was driving home, okay, what would it look like to practice being emotionally mature or eliminating drama from this? And that sent me to the facts. Fact number one, two pregnancies in two years. Fact number two, two C-sections. Fact number three, not working out as regularly. Fact number four, carrying more weight. Fact number five, sleep deprived. Sleep deprived, big time. The other thing that I realized is, you know, one of the cool things about losing a lot of strength is that you get to see those gains come back. And when, when I was like the fittest I've been and really feeling good about my physical abilities, progress is hard to come by when you're fitter. It's just hard. You, you don't see the big gains that you see when you're, when you're starting out or you've, you know, lost a lot of strength. And so then I was able to shift my perspective to being excited to see the progress. It's going to come a lot more easily than it did when I was as fit as I had ever been. So now I'm just focused on the progress. Are you looking forward? Are you looking backwards? Are you looking at the problem? Are you looking at the solution? And it's not a one and done thing. 
I have to remind myself of that regularly. As soon as I finish recording this episode, I'm going to the gym. I will have to have that conversation in my head at least once, if not 10 times, during the workout and afterwards. But drama can derail you. And we have to practice being mature, being calm, being responsive. And literally, even if you're not quite sure, just ask yourself, well, if I were being super objective about this, if I were focused on the solution, what would that look like? The second mental mistake that can really derail your progress is drifting, not staying engaged. We really want it, whatever it is, health, fitness, finances, relationship, career. But if you don't stay engaged, other things in life are going to get your attention. That's just the way that it is. Whether you want to get out of debt or you want to lose 20 pounds, that's not the only thing happening in your life, right? I mean, you've got your career stuff. You've got your family stuff. You've got other things for you. You've got a million things going on. So you have to stay consciously, deliberately engaged. Otherwise, other things take your time and attention. And a week and a month and two months and six months goes by and you've thought about it a few times, but you haven't really made any progress. You don't have to have a A plus day every day. You don't have to do everything every day, but you have to do something. You have to do something. I've said it a million times, but this is why I developed the Changemakers Journal. Because I wanted to be able to identify those small steps that I was willing and able to make on a given day to move towards my goal. Some days I can do more than I can on other days. Some days I'm willing to do more, sometimes I'm able to do more, sometimes less. But that really helps me stay engaged. It's okay if there's a totally crazy day, maybe you're traveling somewhere, you have to be up really early, you're in the air all day, then you've got to get settled in another place. On that day, you can't do as much as a random Tuesday when you're at home, but you can still do something. And that's why we have to stay engaged. It's a conscious effort. It does not take a lot of time, but it goes back to something we talked about recently, which is focusing on the small picture more than on the big picture. I want you engaged every single day. There are going to be days where I don't write, but I'm conscious, okay, my goal is to get this book done. What am I going to do about it today? Maybe I'm just going to send a chapter to somebody to give me a feed feedback on. Maybe I'm going to touch base with my editorial team. There's something I can do every day, even if it's a day where I don't have 30 minutes to write. Even if it's a day where we lost power, right? We lost power for 24 hours. So in that time, I'm not writing because my manuscript is online, but I can sit and brainstorm titles for 15 minutes. I can sit and think about what the subtitle needs to be so that it, it says to my reader, this is what I need to read. This is for me. There's always something you can do, and we have to be conscious about that pursuit so that we don't drift, so that we don't drift. I find that the Changemakers Journal helps me do that. I don't care at all if that's not your tool of choice, but have a system for not just your primary goal, but the two or three things that are most important to you. 
My marriage is one that can easily take a back seat and I can drift. We can drift. And I always say to Chris, you never drift anywhere good, right? You don't just drift to an excellent relationship. You don't just drift to a killer body. You don't just drift to a really close family. So what, what I do is for my primary goal, it's three small things I'm able and willing to do. And then it's life investments in a couple other areas. Might be myself, might be my finances, might be my marriage. But I want to make sure that I'm being conscious and intentional so that I don't drift. We've all experienced drifting. Let's not waste the time. We're here. We want it. Let's take advantage of it. It doesn't mean that it takes up three or four hours of your day. When I am staying consciously engaged in my marriage, it might be a minute in a day, but that's enough. It might be a minute of sitting and cuddling, but that intentional minute keeps me from drifting. It might be five minutes of writing. It's not two hours of a writing workshop, but that intentionality and consciousness keeps me from drifting. When it comes to my weight loss stuff, because right now that's a priority for me, today, for example, I write out that I'm going to have a salmon bowl for lunch and that I'm going to have chicken thighs and veggies for dinner, right? That's just the intentionality to prevent drifting, the intentionality to prevent drifting. And then I write what my workout is, right? Today's a back workout. I know exactly what it is. doesn't take a long time. It's probably going to take me about 18 minutes. I was going to say 20, but it probably won't take me a full 20, between 15 and 20. And then it's take all my supplements. That doesn't take a lot of time, but it's the antidote to drifting. And like I said, we're here. The time is going by anyway. Let's not drift. Let's just not drift. The other thing that's a huge factor when it comes to killing your progress, a mental mistake that can undoubtedly get in your way, is convincing yourself that you're stuck or you don't know what to do. And I will tell you that at least 95% of the time, when somebody tells me that they're stuck or they don't know what to do, it's not true. They're not stuck. And they can absolutely come up with a step, one step they could take to make progress, but they're just not demanding that of themselves. They're just not thinking about it. They're focused more on their problem than they are on their solution. And the reason I know this is because most of the time when somebody says, I just have no idea what to do to lose weight, I will come back to them and say, you can't tell me one, one improvement you could make? They always say they could. Of course they could, right? When they say to me, I have no idea why I'm not losing weight. I said, okay, well, if you sent me your journal for the last five days of everything you ate, when, how much, your movement, blah, 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 you sitting on paper wouldn't be able to identify one improvement? Well, I mean, of course I could. And it's not just about food or weight. I hear this all the time when it comes to finances. I don't know where to start when it comes to getting out of debt. You can't tell me one improvement you could make? Well, I mean, of course I could. We convince ourselves we don't know, but we do know. We absolutely do know. The other day, somebody messaged me and they said, you know, I have 
a workout scheduled or I have my my meals planned for the day and then I either don't work out or I totally eat off plan and I don't know how to get myself back on track. And I said, I think you do know. <laughs> okay, you overeat or you skip a workout. You don't know one choice you could make to get back on track? Well, I mean, yeah, I could totally just have my next meal be the meal that I planned and I can get my workout in. You're wasting time and energy by telling yourself you don't know. And or you want the right answer more than you want to make progress on a answer. And I'll tell you this right now, there's probably 107 right answers, right things you could do to make progress, to get on track, to move towards your goal. It doesn't matter which of those 107 you do first. It matters that you do one. Sometimes we tell ourselves we don't know or we're stuck because we don't want to put in the effort to apply what we know. If you're listening to this podcast, you know a lot. There is a lot that you know that you don't consistently implement. So all you have to do is dip into that treasure trove of solutions and start acting on it. There is no right one, best place to start. Pick something and make progress and your activity is going to be your teacher. It is going to be the best thing to let you know what works and what doesn't or what works better than the next thing for you. Don't fall into the trap of saying, I'm stuck, I don't know, I can't, when all that's really happening is you're not demanding of yourself that you go into that treasure trove of resources, options, solutions, progress, and put something into action. It's a distraction. It is an excuse. When you say, I'm stuck, I don't know, it's not true. If you sat down on paper and you said, okay, well, what are a few things that I know I could do that I'm not doing consistently? Or if I asked somebody else for advice on this, what advice might they give me? Or somebody that I know that's really crushing it, what are some of the things that they're doing that I'm not doing? You're not stuck. It's not real. You just play that card because then you don't have to do anything. And it is a mental mistake that will kill your progress. Remember this. You are not stuck. You are never stuck. It is not real. And if you're like, no, I really, really am, I'll tell you why you're not. Go into the Primal Potential Facebook group. Tell people why you're stuck and stuck, and why you think you're stuck. And you'll have 20 answers within 20 minutes. So you're never stuck. There's always an option. There's always a resource. 99% of the time, it's already in your head. But if it's not, there is a community where people will give you their ideas, and you can just pick one and work on it, and then you're going to learn from what you do. These mental mistakes do not need to kill your progress ever again, whether it's drama, not being realistic and having realistic expectations, drifting, or telling yourself you're stuck or pretending you don't know. All you got to do is start putting these things into practice. You don't have to do everything every day, but you do have to do something. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.